Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. It's time for the Q&A. Uh, I've got a, uh, yeah, my tripod's broken, and so my phone is gradually dropping. Um, for once, Instagram is looking, not Instagram, Facebook, but that's not right, isn't it? Oh, God. Um, mm. Hi, Jackie. I, I don't know what's happened. I think I've over-tightened the tripod and the bits anyway uh, we'll see how we get on hopefully everything's working audio and video don't even know how i test audio 2121 is audio working are we live we are live on facebook and youtube i believe corinne and jackie are here so then the party can start so um yeah been a couple of weeks two weeks ago i was doing an operation wasn't i and i finished finished late and last week i was at the barps meeting god was that a week ago crumbs that seems like yesterday um in london and they let me promote my book which is great <laughs> your book you say you're saying not never accept a lift from strangers not that book guys they let me promote this book mind your own business oh what's that saying not for resale anyway yeah this guy's got two books yeah so mind your own business my new book it's for um doctors really how to turn your medical practice into a business rather than just a job the peak and approach congratulations on the book launch thank you corinne i'm not sure if i call it a book launch but anyway um yeah you know onwards and upwards always always you know we're all in the gutter but some of us are looking to the stars and that is certainly me so um if you've got a question, just ask away. Um, currently, it's just you and Corinne, um, Jackie and Corinne at the moment. So if either of you got a question, then please uh, ask away. But, you know, no, no, someone else might join in due course. But it, it, it doesn't matter. I've got questions to answer. So, you know, sit back, relax. Let's do the questions that I've got, shall we? What is the difference between a hypertrophic and a key? This is it. I haven't been here for two weeks. So they, everyone forgets today. Is that it? It's consistency is important and i yeah i couldn't have done it last week couldn't have done it last week at the barps week before i could have done it i suppose but i was so tired after the op and everything anyway i'm here i'm back now or something next week but anyway back on the back on the uh, horse as it were what's the difference you know hypertrophic and a keloid stuck scar so this is a problem this day and age patients get so involved in stuff i'm not saying it's bad but it does lead to questions like this. What's the difference between a hypertrophy and a keloid scar? Because I think a patient said something and I said something about a keloid scar and then they came back and said, it's not a keloid scar, it's a hypertrophic scar. And I thought, right, okay, yeah, fair dues. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter is the answer to patients. If you're a patient and you've got a lumpy, ugly scar, that matters. Um it, the difference between a hypertrophic and a keloid scar is 
academic in a way, meaning it's for you know the doctors, and when we do exams and things, we're examined on on the on this on the difference. But basically, they're both um, lumpy scarring. Uh, there's a bit of debate. If you want, I'm going to answer the question. Don't worry. So there's a bit of a debate as to whether they are separate entities or whether it's part of a spectrum from normal scarring up to keloid scarring, and then um, on the way is hypertrophic scarring. Uh, I've got to be honest. I, I I would probably go with that. I think they probably are um, a spectrum on a spectrum. Some would say that keloid scarring is a separate entity. So. Um, and the difference being that they're both red, firm, raised scarring that can be unsightly. A keloid scar is a worse version. And the main difference is that a keloid scar will extend out with the boundaries of the original scar. So a hypertrophic scar is normally a, a scar in the same sort of linear or whatever, and a raised thing. A keloid scar can grow really huge, much bigger than the original scar, almost like a cancer. And a keloid scar is often genetic. A keloid scar is often in certain skin types, Afro-Caribbean skin types, um, and uh, is, is very difficult. Well, they're both quite difficult to treat. Um, a, a, an keloid scar doesn't get better. A hypertrophic scar tends to be self-limiting. Uh, a hypertrophic scar is usually within the boundaries of the original scar, although very red and raised. And a hypertrophic scar is often secondary to delayed healing. So certainly if there's been more than three weeks um, of healing, if the, if the wound has taken more than three weeks to heal, then that would predispose to potential hypertrophic scarring, which is one of the reasons why if you have a burn, we will often assess it at a week, sort of a week to two weeks to see whether it's likely to heal within those first, you know, two to three weeks because if it heals within the first three weeks then it's less likely to form keloid sorry hypertrophic um scarring so um that would be a, a reason to skin graft someone if we thought the burn was going to take a long time to heal we would skin graft them rather than letting it take more than three weeks to heal um so that's why um one of the reasons why we will assess a burn uh have a look at it. Sometimes it's barn door, full thickness, obvious burn, but sometimes it's what we call deep dermal, which is um, quite a lot of the skin has been burnt, but not the whole full thickness of the skin. So there's some skin left behind sort of thing. So it will regenerate. The question is how long? And um, what? so there's two reasons we reassess it. Different question to my burn assessment now. But the one reason is that the burn can extend. So sometimes the burn can get worse in the first couple of um, days and secondly that, that it can um, we want to see whether it's showing like it might be a goer for healing in the first couple of weeks or not and if not we might do a graft earlier to get a better cosmetic result uh, with a graft rather than leaving it to heal but basically speaking that is the difference between the hypertrophy and the keloid scar keloid scar is a worse thing which tends to be stable doesn't tend to get better and is a lot bigger than the original scar hypertrophic scar isn't quite as bad is often self-limiting will often get better within 18 months and is um usually or often due to a um delay in, in healing of the wound so in fact if you have got a delay in healing of your wound if there's a reason for the scar becoming lumpy, that would lend us to maybe be more inclined to treat it with surgery. Because one of the problems with keloid and hypertrophic scarring 
is that we don't really want to do surgery on patients with this sort of scarring because we worry that by doing surgery we're going to cause the same sort of scarring so it is a difficult problem to treat and surgery is usually quite down the line for things uh, in terms of the modalities of treatment we would usually do things like massage moisturize massage you do it they're all scars pressure if appropriate if you can get pressure on not always possible to get pressure on but if it's on your breast sometimes a bra strap can actually a, a bra uh, the wire can actually be good if you've got a keloid or a hypertrophic scar in that area um ears we can get pressure clips sometimes burns and things bad burns you can get pressure for the um, dressings made for the faces but it's quite hard to get pressure um on certain areas so other modalities are things like silicone, which can come as a strip or a gel. Steroid injections is a very helpful thing, often with the itch. They're often quite itchy. Um, so we usually try these things prior to doing surgery because we worry about by causing uh, another scar, you're going to get another uh, hypertrophic or keloid scar. So we would do other things first. If we can get away without doing surgery, uh, we will. And it's something to be aware of if you've got a particularly if you've got a history of keloid scarring and things you've got to be aware of that and basically avoid surgery if you can um why can't we offer removal of a hemangioma i don't know i'm not sure whether the, i just get a list of these questions um so i'm not sure the background of that question because we can on paper, I, I've got a couple of reasons why we might not be able to offer it. The first reason is that it's often children and we can't operate on children. So hemangiomas usually, uh, well, always basically will affect children. It's a, it's a, um, it's a vascular anomaly. It's a, it's a problem with the blood vessels causing red uh, areas. So we can, so they're usually involving children. We can't operate on children. Uh, at the clinic just because of the CQC and the, um, the, the um, guidelines and the, and the policies, etc. So we don't operate on children at the clinic. Um, so that's one reason. The other reason might be that they usually get better on their own, hemangiomas. Certainly in the young people, um, there'd be a very limited indication to do something. It's only if it's causing a problem. So if it's obstructing your eye or your nose or your mouth or your anus or something that's obstructing somewhere you might want to do some treatment to it but the vast majority i think remembering going back to my exam i think it's sort of like 70 percent at seven years will involute so they will go away basically so the majority of hemangiomas will go away having said that so when it gets to adulthood it's unlikely to have a hemangioma in an adult um, having said that, when they involute, they often leave a bit of baggy skin and a bit of wrinkly skin of where they used to be. So it might be that someone would want that to, to be removed. Um, and we could certainly do that. So um, we can offer removal of that excess skin. But as I say, hemangiomas usually uh, will get better on their own and only need treatment if they're obstructing a, an, a, an, uh, an orifice. Or, or causing a, a, a problem like that um so i guess that's why so it's not like we can't offer it. it's just well we can't if it's a child but we often don't need to do anything about them do we offer hernia and muscle repair with a tummy tuck 
muscle repair yes so muscle repair they call it muscle repair but the, the muscles are often a bit splayed with the tummy tuck they're often a bit pulled apart the rectus abdominis muscles so bringing those back together is an integral part of the tummy tuck so yes that is um definitely um a doable thing and standard part of the tummy tuck you don't have to ask for it you don't have to ask to have your muscles repaired a hernia repair is a little bit different because if you i saw someone the other day who had an incisional hernia she had quite a big hernia um who and she was all waiting this for the nhs and i said actually you know what i would probably get that done on the nhs first um because that might need a mesh repair and that will probably need a general surgeon to repair that so um when it comes into putting in meshes and, and what have you personally I don't, I don't want to speak for all plastic surgeons personally i wouldn't get involved with that i would let a general surgeon do that who would be used to repairing hernias of the abdominal wall um having said that sometimes you notice tiny little hernias when you're doing a tummy tuck usually around the belly button like little ones which you can literally just stitch closed so that can sometimes be noticed pre-op sometimes you don't even notice it pre-op and you find it as an incidental finding so if you find a small one as an incidental finding we will repair it no problem at all but if you've got a big one we would not or i would not get involved with it and i would get an opinion from a general surgeon and probably suggest that we you get it repaired prior to having your tummy tuck. Um, do we offer skin cancer removal? Nice. Yes, yes, for sure. And I think there's going to be a big, um, a big uh, push for the private sector to help the NHS really, um, because the NHS waiting lists are big, and um, and so you know for things like this. So you know. You know, the skin cancers are removed by the NHS and they do a very good, you know, job of that. And that's that's sort of been the mainstay. So it's not a huge part of our work, to be honest with you, skin cancer removal. However, um, we've done a few and we would do we would do them absolutely fine. Um, the only thing is it's a little bit more involved than, for instance, having a mole removed, because if you get an incomplete excision, you might have to have it removed. Um, another excision and often well, pretty much always with the skin cancer you have to take a rim of normal skin from around it so they're often bigger operations than uh, for instance a mole removal so it's a bigger operation than a mole removal but uh, certainly all the plastic surgeons and actually Azan Faroa at uh, the clinic specializes in skin so he um, in the NHS does all the skin cancers so um, you know we're, we're completely able to do skin cancer removal and obviously we've got the minor operating suite and what have you um so we can do it it had to be discussed at an mdt so we need to act which is a multidisciplinary team so um you know we would need to access that but um but we we we, we certainly have and can do uh, skin cancer removal at the clinic I have a heart condition and my cardiologist has advised me I can have breast augmentation through twilight anesthesia. Is this possible? Absolutely, yes. I'm not a cardiologist, so I don't... And if that's what the cardiologist says, I would say fine. But my mind is saying, I'm not an anesthetist either. You know, is twilight anesthetic less cardiac intensive than general anesthetic? Because what we don't want is you getting stressed out, basically. <laughs> if you're fine with it and relaxed with it, absolutely fine. And for a breast augmentation, twilight anesthetic is completely um, fine. It's local anesthetic with sedation and it's 
completely acceptable and um, you know a, a very well um, tolerated and accepted way of doing a breast augmentation. You know, if they're under the muscle, a little bit more difficult. If you've got an asymmetry, a little bit more difficult because we've got to inject local anesthetic in. So there are a couple of um, things that we have to possibly have to work around. But on paper, uh, a, a breast augmentation under twilight, no problem at all. Um, and if that's what your cardiologist has advised, absolutely fine. Uh, we would have to speak to the anesthetist to check they're happy. It depends on what heart condition is, but it's very reassuring that your cardiologist is giving you the go ahead because they know what your what your problem is and and what's what. So, um, do you know what? I think I had quite a lot of questions because I've been here for two weeks. And I think what they did is they split them off for next week. But um, I'm a little bit quiet in here today. But anyway, um, perhaps I should have done the ones for next week. But yeah, no, hey, it's fine. Listen, um, that's been the Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Facebook, how can how the YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, YIF, IYF. Anyway, that's been the, the live. You to call it the Facebook live, but it's the Facebook, Instagram, YouTube live. If you um, have any questions, post them down below, as it were. Don't know if you can do it. Can you do that on Instagram? Facebook, you can. YouTube, you can. And I'll do them next week, um, presuming everything's normal next week. I think it is. If you um, don't have any questions and just want to join in and sit there, then uh, that's always very gratefully received so um what i'm going to do now is i'm going to check out put my feet up and um bid you good night thank you for joining me uh and have a good evening good evening have a question not covered in today's show then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag Ask JJ. We'd love to hear from you.